Well, hey, welcome to the fifth and what we're now saying is the final week. I've decided the final week of uh, what's turned out to be a five-week series uh, we've called Divine Direction. Welcome in. i got a studio audience here, and I'm so glad that you are here and along for the ride today. Everybody at Church Online, hey, I'm just imagining a room filled with people. Remember what that was like? A room filled with people? Just think about the drive through line at Chick-fil-A, but all them people out of their cars and uh, just a room full of people, all of our church family and your friends and family, worshiping God together. Come on, I am so thankful for the last several weeks we've had together in church online. Matter of fact, we're going to continue to bring exciting digital content and bring weekend services to you when we go back uh, together live. But there's just something about being in the room, everybody. There's just something about it that you can't get anywhere else. And I just put me on record as saying there's some stuff you just got to be in the room for, and I can't wait. I think it's going to be very soon. Uh, We're all going to be back together. So we have been talking about the divine direction of God. What do you do when you don't know what to do? How do you make good decisions in your life? And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking last week you talked about the faith to start. How do you... What are we going to do now? I mean, that that was kind of the end of the thing. How are you going to add a bonus week on the end of that? And I'll I'll tell you how. Because really in prayer, I started thinking... The question, sort of the secondary question I get to knowing God's will for my life goes something like this, Pastor, how do I know if God's speaking to me? How do I know if God's speaking to me? Or it starts like this. Most of the time it starts like this. God spoke to me, and then, and then whatever comes after that. Now, as soon as somebody says God spoke to me, none of y'all, but the people in the other service, uh, most, most of the time when people say God spoke to me, that, here's what goes through my mind. Well, I, whatever you're about to say, I don't have a lot of opinion about because I'm not God, you know, and I can't, who am I going to argue if God said this to you? But then the other thing I start thinking is, what are you about to say to me that you don't want me to argue with because you want to use God spoke to me? Uh, so I, I've been guilty, not y'all, but I've been guilty of saying God spoke to me and then filling in some dumb decision that I came up with and, and trying to blame God for it. But the truth is, that God is a speaking God. Now, let me be honest with you. I've never heard the audible voice of God, except for, I think, it generally sounds like my wife. Uh, if, if there's a voice of God that I've heard, I've heard that often. Um, but I've never heard the audible voice of God. But just because you hadn't heard it with your ears doesn't mean God isn't speaking. Say amen to that. We have a... We, let me say it to you this way. The trouble is not God speaking. The trouble is, am I listening? The trouble is not, do we have a God who will speak to me? Who will, who will give me that divine direction. That's really what this whole series has been about, is, is, is literally God speaking to you the direction of your life, the de- decision you're trying to make, speaking to you about the future. So the question is not, is God speaking? The question is, am I listening? And I, I want to wrap our time together today and in the, in the, sort of wrap this whole series up by telling you God is a speaking God. And he speaks to us for three reasons. I'll preach it to you in just a minute, but write these down. God speaks to us because he's personal, because he's close, and because he's a relational God. Amen. He speaks to us because he's personal. There's, there's a personal relationship. Matter of fact, we say it this way, that the foundation of the vision God has for your life is that you know God. There's a personal relationship that you have with God because God is a personal God. And he's close, everybody. And I know that's hard for you to wrap your mind around because you've never seen God with your eyes, but he's close to you. He's as close as the mention of his name. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you and he's close. And then he's relational. Matter of fact, when God would go to describe himself, the best we have in human language in God's word 
talks to him in relational terms like father and son. There is a relational aspect to God. And God wants to speak to you. Do you believe that? Say amen. Let me prove it to you in God's word. So Exodus 33 says it like this. That inside the tent of meeting, Exodus 33 and 11, inside the tent of meeting, the tabernacle, which I love this translation because it called it the tent of meeting and not the tabernacle. So it's actually what tabernacle means. It was the tent of meeting. Let me just pause here because I kind of get preaching on me because I got a little studio audience and tell you that that's what church is. If you're not meeting God in church, you didn't have church. We may have had something else. We may have had good singing. We may have had good communicating. We may have had good coffee. Come on, some good donuts. But where church happens is where you meet God. I hope that's happened over the last several weeks in your home, around your kitchen table, in your living room. It's the tent of meeting. And the Lord, the Bible said, Exodus 33, the Lord would speak to Moses. Now, this is your Bible. He would speak to Moses face to face. As one speaks to a friend. That's what your Bible says. And afterwards, Moses would return to the camp. I love, I love that whole imagery. That Moses would, there was this place where Moses would go, the tent of meeting, where he would speak with God as a friend, face to face, like you're talking to a friend. There's a relational, personal, <clears throat> a close aspect you can have with God that Moses had. In your life, there has to be a place and a space for you to hear from and talk to God. Say amen to that. And if you have too much noise in your life and you don't have a a tent of meeting, now I think church ought to be that. I hope church online has been that for you. And I think when we get back together soon, that church is that place where I can meet with God, hear from God, talk to God. But it can't be the only tent of meeting in your life. You need a space and a place and a time to talk to God like you're talking to a friend. And God spoke to Moses. The Bible did not say Moses talked to God like a friend. The Bible said God talked to Moses as one friend talking to another. God is trying to speak to you and I, but I think the problem is we think the voice sounds differently. So I'm a, I'm a, I was born uh, in, in 81, so I'm a, I'm a kid of the 90s is what I remember the most. So uh, I grew up watching wrestling. Anybody? Not wrestling, because wrestling's professional. I grew up watching wrestling. You know what I'm trying to say? And I think that God's voice sounds like Macho Man Randy Savage. You know what I'm saying? Like that some of y'all know, some of y'all don't know. You have to go Google Macho Man Randy Savage. I just, I think it's intense. And I think it's, a, you know, snap it to a Slim Jim. Anybody? Macho Man? Macho, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what, or, or uh, let me give you a more recent for some of y'all that have no idea. All the 20-year-olds are like, no idea. <laughs> let me give you a more recent one. I think God sounds like the Allstate man. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like the Allstate guy. He's got this deep, booming <laughs> voice. And we think, if I don't hear the Allstate man say, you're in good hands, or, or, then, then, then it's not God. But the truth is, it more often sounds like a friend talks to another. That, that, that I, I, it's unrecognizable sometimes the voice of God in your life that you think, well, that surely can't be God. It's kind of like when you get a call from a number. You ever do this? You get a call from this number that you haven't saved in your phone and for whatever unknown reason you're drunk that day and you answer from a number that's, uh, that's not in your phone and they say, hey man, what's up? 
and you immediately go through the list of, oh my gosh, who am I talking to right now? And what am I about to say? And what? And I have gone through, this is so true, I wish this wasn't true, I have gone through very long conversations having no idea exactly who was on the other line. Because it was so generic enough that I thought, well, this could be, or maybe it's that, I don't know. And, I, I just, and, and you never want to be the guy that says, you know, I lost my phone. Because at some point they're like, how many phones have you lost? You know what I mean? Like, you just didn't save my number. So sometimes the voice of God is like that. You'll hear it and, and, and you go, well, I, I, don't, I didn't think that's what it was going to sound like. I didn't think that's what it was going to sound like. Or like when you see me in person and you think, I didn't know he was that short. <laughs> I didn't know. Like, you ever done that? You know, like, I, I didn't know it was going to. <laughs> I didn't, what are you all laughing at? You guys laughed a little hard on that. I didn't, I didn't know he was that good looking. I, I just had no idea, you know, on camera. And sometimes when, the, when God speaks to you, you go, well, I had no idea it was going to sound like that. I had no idea it would sound like that. John 10 and 3 says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. And the sheep listen to his voice. The gatekeeper is God. The sheep listen to his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he's brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him, listen to this, because they know his voice. Because they know his voice. And they won't follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. I want on this final week of divine direction for that to ring true in your life. I want you to ring true that I am so close to God that even in times when I don't recognize the number calling, I don't recognize the delivery system that I heard from God, that I recognize it is God trying to get my attention, speak to me, give me divine direction. God wants to speak to you, but it's not always how you think. It's not always how I think it's supposed to go. Matter of fact, I usually prefer it any other way than the way I'm going to tell it to you today. It's in the Old Testament. Elijah is the prophet of God. And if you're new to the Bible, Elijah is this amazing prophet. And he lives this amazing life of miracles and prophesying, hearing from God. And his life sort of takes this journey towards the end uh, where he's... Uh, in in a very precarious situation with the king and queen of Israel. Ahab and Jezebel uh, are now the king and queen of Israel. And uh, there there was a false god called Baal. And there were prophets of the false god Baal that had gathered together. And Elijah had convinced himself he's the only one still surviving and holding on, which... Let me just pause here and tell you, the enemy's biggest lie is that you're the only one going through what you're going through. So, so he's trying, so, so they, they meet on Mount Carmel. I don't have time to tell you the whole story, but they meet on Mount Carmel and, and they're trying to decide, you know, well, whose God's the real God? Is it Baal or is it, is it the God of Israel? Who's, who, who's, who's the one true God? And so Elijah says to the prophets of Baal, well, you go first. I love that. I always tell the devil, you, you go ahead and make your first hit. You know what I mean? Like you, you punch first and then I'm, I'm coming out guns blazing. And so he said, the, the prophets of Baal, you go first. You, you, you do whatever to worship your God. You see if the fire consumes the sacrifice. There was a bull that they had split in half. And he said, uh, you put that on the altar and if the fire consumes that, then we'll know Baal is the one true God. But if the fire consumes my sacrifice to Jehovah, then, then we'll know he's the one true God. And so the Bible says from early in the morning to late in the afternoon, these prophets of Baal, literally part of their, uh, part of their uh, worship 
was they would cut themselves. And the Bible says it like this, that the, that the blood flowed from them. I mean, it's just this bloody, horrific uh, scene of 450 prophets who are trying to get this false god's attention to call fire down from heaven. It doesn't happen. It's the evening sacrifice time. Elijah splits the bull that he has arranged for the sacrifice. He prays to God. And, uh, and he actually, to, to make it uh, something, he just kind of likes to stick it to the, to the prophets of Baal, which I think is awesome. Uh, every once in a while, I like to just give the devil a black eye like that. And, and, he, and he tells them, hey, look, I want you to dump water all over this three times. Matter of fact, I want you to dump water all over the altar. Dig a trench all the way around it. I want everybody to know that you know that you know that there's no way this could have happened but God. He prays, and then you know that God sends fires down from heaven, consumes not only the sacrifice, but the altar and the water that's around it. He takes all the 450 prophets of Baal, takes them down to the valley and slaughters them. That was a long story. I tried to get to that point that he slaughters the 450 prophets of Baal. And Ahab is there on Mount Carmel and sees it. And Ahab goes home to his wife, Jezebel, who is challenging because we have married couples here. <laughs> She's a challenging wife. And he goes home to Jezebel and says, you'll never believe what Elijah just did. He just killed 450 prophets of, of our God, of Baal. And she swears in that moment in the story to hunt down and kill Elijah. A lot of things happen. I don't have time to tell you. He actually takes a nap. It's spiritual to take a nap. Come on, so I just gave some of y'all a word from God. That's the only thing you got today. He actually lays down under a bush and takes a nap. And sometimes God just wants you to rest before the battle. Yes. So he takes a nap, wakes up. There's food there. Come on, somebody. Eating and napping is spiritual. That's the point of today's message. And so he eats. And then the Bible said he goes on this journey 40 days and 40 nights. He runs for his life from Jezebel he ends up in a cave, hides in a cave, and he starts complaining and whining to God. That's a lot of story to get to. God, I need to know what to do next. And I need you to speak to me about where I'm at. And this is something I've never faced before, and I'm scared and I'm worried. And, and, and honestly, the last eight, nine weeks, ten weeks, we've sort of all walked through this. God, i got to figure this out, and I don't know what to do next. Elijah's scared. He thinks he's still the only one. He's just convinced he's the only one uh, that is, is serving the God of Abraham. And, and so, so he has this whining, complaining session to God. And God starts talking back in 1 Kings 19. 1 Kings 19 and 11. The Lord says to now Elijah, Go out, stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. Because the Lord is about to pass by. So Elijah leaves the cave, goes out to the mountain. And a great and powerful wind tore through the mountains. And they tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. I want you to catch this whole thing. There's a wind that literally destroys mountains that Elijah's standing on. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind... There was an earthquake. I want you to catch this big booming earthquake and, and it's shaking. He's on, this, he's on the top of this mountain and the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire. I mean, now, I mean, there, it's earth, wind, and fire. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's everything. It's, there's a fire now. And this, and, but the Lord was not in the fire. It's what your Bible says. And after the fire, this is the end, verse 12, 1 Kings 19. And after the fire came a gentle whisper 
And the thing I couldn't leave this series without telling you is that most oftentimes when you need to hear the voice of God, it is a whisper. It is not Macho Man Randy Savage, and it's not the Allstate guy. It's the whisper of God. And I want to give you some ways that I think God will whisper to you in this season. I want to give you some ways He's talking to me, and maybe He's talking to our whole church. Number one, God whispers in encouragement. He whispers encouragement. He whispers, He tells Elijah, hey, 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 hey. I, 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 I'm, I've got this. You're not the only one. I, I, I'm, I'm on your side. It's, honestly, I picked that one first because it's the thing I need most from God. Most of the time when I need God to speak to me, it's not because I need God to change something. It's because I need God to change me. It's because I need encouragement. It's because I, I know I can get through this. I just feel like that, that I'm going to lose my mind in the middle of it. Anybody know? And I just need encouragement. It, I, I, and, and the truth is, you can't get the whisper of encouragement from God if you don't get quiet enough to hear it. So let me say it like this. Many times I can't hear the whisper of encouragement over the shouts of my complaining. So all of your prayer time sounds like, God, don't you know? God, why would you bring me to this? God, why has it gone this bad? God, why did I lose my job? God, why did we lose the house? God, why her? God, why him? And I'm complaining and I'm telling God all my, you ever, anybody but me ever complain like that? And I get louder because I feel like he's not listening. Maybe you didn't hear me. It's falling apart over here and I'm the only one and Jezebel's out to get me. At some point you're going to have to, I want you to take, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take the last seven days and I want you to examine your prayer life and catch the tone and the tenor of your prayer life. Is it loud complaining where you can't hear the whisper of encouragement? God's on your side. You've got to protect your mind by guarding your mouth. That's so good, I would write it down. You've got to protect your mind by guarding your mouth. Elijah, I'm, I want to encourage you, but it's going to come in a whisper. So you're going to have to tone down all of that complaining about why it's not and where is God and why would you let this happen to me? Romans 8.16 says the Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our heart and tells us that we're God's children. He reminds us. He encourages us. But you've got to get quiet enough to hear it. Say amen to that, everybody. Here's the second thing. He not only whispers encouragement, he whispers warnings. Now, this one's harder than the first. He whispers warnings. There's some things in your life that God can see that you can't see. And when you ask God for divine direction and you're asking God, speak to me, show me, tell me, what do I do next? There's some warnings you may get in that whisper. Isaiah 30 says it like this. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way Walk in it. Let me, let me just tell you, as, as a really what I feel is a word of prophecy for somebody right now, be careful, be sensitive to the voice behind you. Be sensitive to the voice behind you. How many of you hate backseat drivers? I really hate that. When I'm driving and you back there trying to tell me what to do, I can pull this over and I'd be glad to let you drive. But you back there telling me how I'm doing this wrong. And, I, and here's the reason why. Most of the time... Brandy's not a backseat driver. She's in that side seat. Most of the time, it's because she sees what I don't see because I'm focused or she's been where I haven't been. I feel like preaching now. 
He see, she sees something ahead I didn't catch. You didn't notice what this guy was doing. You're looking over here. You're singing at the top of your lungs and I'm looking out for us and I see this. And I know I've been this way and they've shut down this road and you're just going and, 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 and this backseat driver and I get so upset but the truth of the matter is they may have more knowledge than I have than you have. They have some insight you have. And the Bible says that it, whether you turn to the right or your left, your ears will hear a voice behind you whispering. I've been here before. And I can see what you can't see. And I know what you don't know. And, 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 and then and the voice you have to quiet there is the voice of knowledge. Oh yeah, well, I, I, I know what I'm doing. You ever said that to your wife? I've said that. Mike, you ever said that? Yeah, that's terrible. It's a terrible thing to do, by the way. That's usually car rides that get really quiet, really soon. I know what I'm doing. I, I, I know where I've been. You ever done that to God? Oh, I know what I'm doing. Oh, I, I, I got what I'm doing. You're gonna have to quiet the voice that says, I know it all, I've been here, I can do this. And the Holy Spirit's whispering a warning. You're taking the steps, but God sees the future. You're moving forward, but God knows the twists and the turns and the pitfalls and the ditch on the side of the road. God knows more and He whispers encouragement, but He whispers a warning to Elijah. Number three, write this down. He, he whispers encouragement. He whispers warnings. He also whispers direction. That's really what I, what I need. He tells me which way to go, but He doesn't scream it at me. I wish He would. I've told you many times, I wish He would just light the whole path. I wish He would just show me all the way. I wish it was just easy enough that God would go, well, you're going to turn right and left, and two years from now, it's going to be this, and, and you don't know this right now, but in two months from now, this is, the, this is what's going to happen. It's going to unlock that, and that conversation is going to... But it just never happens like that. And it certainly doesn't happen in, a, in an out loud screaming, just big lightning bolt from heaven. I've never driven by a billboard that flipped and changed, and God's words was speaking to me. It's usually just a whisper. It's usually just a whisper from God. Like Acts 20, we, we said this the other day, that, that Paul says, I'm now compelled by the Spirit. i got to go to Jerusalem not knowing what's going to happen to me. All I know is direction. Yes. I do not know end result. I just know direction. And sometimes you're asking God for a final solution and God's just pointing you in a direction. Sometimes you're asking God, show me exactly where it is down there. And God says, it's, it's over there. Just walk that way. Oh, I, but, but when I get over there, what do I do? I'm not telling you that. I'm just whispering some direction to you. I, I'm, just, I'm just telling you there's that Deo Honuma we talked about. That compa I'm compelled by the Spirit. I'm pulled in this divine direction. I've never heard God out loud give me the steps to take, but there's a whisper of direction. This feels right. I, I know it's Jerusalem. I have no idea why. Paul said, I don't know what's going to happen when I get there, but I feel compelled that way. You've got to quiet your soul. Let me go ahead and tell you right now in the middle of all of this, you've got to quiet your soul from every negative voice in Jesus' name. You've got to turn the news off. You've got to turn social off. You've got to turn fear and anxiety off and worry. If you're going to hear direction from God, you can't keep asking everybody else for directions. You can't keep going to everybody else and saying, well, what do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? If you'll quiet that stuff down, 
God will whisper direction. This is probably where you ought to. I'm not telling you there's not. The Bible says there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel. I'm not telling you that. But oftentimes you're just trying to get somebody to agree with a direction you've already decided on instead of quieting the noise and going to God and saying, God, tell me what to do. God, which way do I go? And he whispers direction and I feel compelled by the Spirit. Then here's the fourth thing and then I'll pray for you. Here's the fourth thing. It's probably my favorite. It's why I had to end this series with it. God whispers an encouragement and he whispers some warnings to you and direction in your life. And then God whispers dreams, future, vision, purpose. He whispers in a dream. Just the other day, as a matter of fact, I made a phone call completely out of the blue and I told the person on the other end of the call, I have nothing to tell you from God except God told me to call you. I don't know, but two weeks ago I had a dream about you and in this moment God brought that to my mind and I was supposed to call you. I got no other word from God for you except, hello, (laughs) it's me. God spoke to me in a dream. I got up from that night and told my wife, you know who I dreamed about last night? She looked me, this is my hand to God. She looked me right in the eye. She said, I know exactly who. Because two nights ago, I dreamed about him. God whispers in, in dreams of the future. And I don't, I don't just mean physical dreams, even though he does. The Bible says there's going to be visions and dreams in the last days. I'm going to pour out my spirit. Old men, young men, visions and dreams. But it's also in, in a future that God whispers about the future. Job 33. He gets to the end of the whole book about complaining about everything I lost and the devil ravaged his family, his health, his livelihood, everything that he had. He gets to the very end of the book and he said, for God speaks again and again and he speaks in dreams and the visions of the night. In other words, Job said he got to the end of all those troubles and everybody talks about Job's troubles and what he lost and how bad it was and how terrible the situation was. But he gets to the end of the book and he says, oh, just so you know, I'm still dreaming about what's next. Just so you know, God hadn't stopped talking to me about what's next. And I want you to hear in this message, God hasn't stopped talking to you about what's next. You haven't seen your best days. You haven't lived your best life yet. You haven't had the best in your relationship. Your kids and the relationship you have in your family, it hasn't been as strong as it's going to be. Come on, God has more. And He whispers in dreams for more. And if you're not dreaming about the future, you're not living a divine direction life. He whispers about the future. We need divine direction from God. I need to hear from God to make decisions in our life. And then when you hear from God to make decisions, I want you to move boldly and with confidence in the direction that God wants you to go. These All of these five weeks point to me telling you this, that God has a plan and where God's taking you and where God's taking us is better than you could have ever imagined. We said this week one, let me tell you one more time and then we'll pray. That the decisions you make today determine the stories you tell tomorrow. So I'm inviting you and you into the best story we've ever told. Come on, when we get old, let's don't tell stories that are boring. You know what I mean? Let's tell exciting stories of faith. Let's tell how we took steps towards God-sized dreams. Let's tell how we heard from God. Let's tell how we started small, but it built up big. Let's tell how we became the person God wanted us to be. Let's tell how we used wisdom from God to guide us. Let's tell how it was a process in our life. Didn't happen overnight, but I stayed faithful and I didn't abort the process. 
Let's tell how it was one step after the next step after the next step. But let's don't get to the end of our lives and tell boring stories following God. Let's tell dreams that God gave us. And I'm just telling you now, just so you know where I'm coming from, I'm never going to stop telling you there's more. There's more on the other side. I'm going to get, the Bible says this, it says when I'm old, like a tree planted by the water, it says when it gets old, its leaves don't wither. Come on, I'm going to be that kind of old brother. You know what I mean? I'm going to be 87 with no withered leaves in Jesus' name. I'm going to keep dreaming about what's next in the future. And God signs dreams for my family, for my children, for my marriage, and our ministry, for our church, for you. I want you to keep, that's the divine direction. That's the whole point of all of this. It's not making decisions about what college you go to. I know that's important. It's not making decisions about, should I date her or should I date him? Well, it doesn't really matter if they don't go to City Hills. I mean, that's just an easy one. It, like, it doesn't, it, it's not about, it's really about, God, what are you dreaming about? Tell me, tell me the dreams in, in the future. God, speak to me about purpose in my life. Speak to me about vision and where you want me to go. And I want this church to always be able, and really you have over the last several months now, we've pivoted together and we started dreaming again. I love it because I'm watching our team and our team leaders and our dream team and our staff dreaming about what's next in the future and the people we can touch and the people who are coming to God and the people who are finding hope and the people who are being delivered and the people who are discovering their purpose and people who are on mission making a difference. There's just so many people still dreaming about what's next and I'm asking you what's God speaking to you oftentimes it's a whisper it's a whisper of a warning or of an encouragement it's a whisper for direction but it's a whisper of a dream bow your heads let's pray Lord Jesus I thank you that you're a speaking God I thank you that you, you want to talk to us that you want to give us divine direction I thank you the last several weeks God, we've, we've opened our hearts practically and spiritually. And God, I've said, okay, uh, how do I apply this word to my heart? How do I walk in that divine direction? And it sort of ends with me asking you this. Would you speak to me? Would you speak to us? God, I'll quiet all the other noise in my life so that I can hear the whisper of encouragement when I'm discouraged. I'll quiet all that knowledge that I think I have because, God, you you have some warnings that you want to give me, and I don't know the best way. You know the best way. God, I'm asking you for divine direction, the whisper of direction. It may just be a pulling in my heart in that way. And Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every person at church this weekend. I pray for every person listening to this message that there is a whisper of a dream. God, don't let dreams die in the wilderness. Don't let the dreams of the future die in some cave where I'm all alone like Elijah, feeling like that I've I've forfeited my whole ministry and what am I really doing and I'm going to die here. No, no, no. There's always more I want you to do, Elijah. I've got more for you. I pray for those kind of dreams today. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, you need to hear from God. Maybe you are hearing that tug on your heart right now that says the relationship that we have isn't what it ought to be. Maybe you know that you know that you're far from God, that you're a sinner, that you've separated yourself by your own decisions from God. Or maybe you just you just think, man, I, I'm just not where I should be. I, I mean, I'm a Christian, but I'm far away. My heart's not really in it. I'm ready to go all in if that's you. If that's you and you hear God speaking to you, calling you home today, let me lead you in a prayer of surrender. Sounds just like this. Lord Jesus, thank you for the cross. 
Thank you that you died for me, that you were buried and that you rose again. I receive the forgiveness that you offer for my sins. I repent of them, all the choices, all the sin, everything I've done. I give my whole life to you. I surrender every part of me to you. God, not, don't just be my savior, be the Lord of my life, the master of my life, leading me and guiding me. And Father, I pray, I pray for the divine whisper of direction. God, lead me every step of the way in this new life as I pursue God, as I go after the Holy Spirit, as I'm searching and seeking and following to the best of my ability, I pray. Order my steps in the divine direction. In Jesus' name.